Welcome to the How To College Podcast. This is a little project put together by a group of Honors College Munson Fellows. We're going to be breaking down everything you need to college over the course of this mini-series. As you listen, you'll hear some great tips, a few funny stories, and lots of laughter, all from upperclassmen who are also experiencing college for the first time not too long ago. So thanks so much for stopping by to say hi, and we hope you enjoy. My name is Sammy Simon. I am a junior English and psychology double major with a minor in French, and I am a returning months in this year. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a sophomore music education major with a minor in disability studies, and I am a brand new months in this, this year. Yeah, and I'm Avery. I am also a sophomore. I'm a new months in this year, and I have two majors, one in three languages and one in cognitive science. Um, so in this episode is all about tips for how to prioritize and take care of your mental health while you're in college. Um, before we start, we wanted to add a huge disclaimer that we are in no way mental health professionals, nor are any of us perfect. We're all humans just like you. So we're offering um, things that we've personally tried or are working on for ourselves as we look at our own mental health. Um, we also want to make you aware of if you are, are struggling emotionally or need mental health support, um, please contact the UD helpline by dialing 302-831-1001 or texting UD text to 741741. You're also able to reach the UD Counseling Center for Student Development Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. by calling 302-831-2141. Um, so that being said, now we're going to talk about our tips and tricks, maybe not tricks, but our tips for managing your mental health. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about is taking breaks, um, even if they're short ones. You know, sometimes we have hours upon hours of homework. So a 10 minute break can be really rejuvenating in my experience. What about you guys? I mean, I know for at least me personally, I forget the actual name of this method, but I personally get way too distracted if I have 10 minutes. So what I do is I call it the burst method. So I work for 20 minutes and then I take a break for three and then I work for another 20. And I take a break for three. So the first like 20 minutes is just getting myself situated, updating my planner and everything like that, laying out my assignments. And then I'll take three breaks walk away or three minute break, walk away, and then just repeat that process and just chug through my assignments. Yeah. And definitely for me, um, sometimes I find that I have to even schedule these important points into longer study sessions. I'm not always as regimented as Ashley might be, but for me, taking breaks could even mean I'm taking a break to get something to eat, to take care of myself in that way, because that also really affects my mental health. If I'm not eating or um, getting up from my desk or even tidying up something in my room, those are my favorite sorts of breaks because I know that I'm more likely to stay committed to them. Um, other than scrolling through TikTok also often leads to a much longer digression oh. than I planned. Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of more on the same side of this as Sammy, whereas I kind of plan every day. I finish class right at noon. So every day I give myself an hour and a half to 
eat lunch, watch an episode of TV, something before I start working on work again, before I start doing homework so that I know that every day from 12 to 1.30, I have that time to kind of just relax, uh, watch TV. Sometimes I'll make my bed, just listen to music, that kind of stuff. Another thing we're going to talk about, um, Sammy kind of already mentioned it, is get some kind of physical activity in your day. Um, Whether it's literally just pacing around your room, just get up and do something. Do not sit at your desk all day. Um, Physical activity boosts serotonin, serotonin, excuse me, dopamine and other feel good neurotransmitters. So those are all good things. Yeah, I know that personally, um, a while ago, when everyone had their political signs out in their yard, um, whenever I would go on walks, because I always find it hard to find motivation to go on walks. So I know for me, I would always say, okay, I'm going to take a different route through my neighborhood this week. And I'm going to count how many Biden signs I see or how many Trump signs I see. Um, And that motivated me to go on really long walks. And I actually think one time I lost track of how far I was walking. And uh, by the time I got back home, I had walked something like four miles. Uh, So I definitely recommend if you're someone who finds it hard to find the motivation to go on walks, think about like a scavenger hunt to motivate you to keep walking. Yeah, that's an awesome idea, Ashley. I know for me, um, especially back when quarantine first started and everyone was on a walking kick it felt like everyone was out in their neighborhood that's all we could do um I would often have walk parties virtual walk parties with my friends and so this is kind of similar to some other goal setting that you might make for yourself but having a sort of accountability buddy so you can schedule in like Avery and I have talked about like I know that from 12 to 1 I'm having a little walk with my best friend over FaceTime if you're not together, or um, maybe you make a shared playlist of feel good songs that makes you want to get up and move. And my thing with movement too, if you're not a big exercise person, it's not about like exercising to exercise. It's just getting you moving in a way that makes your body feel happy and you are enjoying yourself. Cause that's the main part of it. Cause if it feels like a task, you're not going to want to. And then that's not helpful to anyone's mental health. Yeah. I know for me personally, I'm very motivated by things like, um, like being able to say like, I did such and such a day for like 30 days in a row kind of thing. So I since coming home and being stuck in quarantine, I have found this app that will keep track of how many days you do like a yoga workout and then it'll give you like every 20 or so days it'll give you a little hey look you made it another 20 days without like so even if you just stretch for 10 minutes it'll still give you that little hey you did it good job kind of thing and so that I have found is very motivating for me at least I don't Mm -hmm. know about you guys Yeah, definitely. And having that sort of consistency is really awesome as well, because then you're more likely to stick with it, because the hardest part with anything is always the beginning. And that's why tackling like subjects like mental health can be so scary, because it can seem so big, but it's really the beginnings, that hardest part. It's a completely ongoing process. And hey, if you miss that yoga exercise one day, you know, you can hop right back on it. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing with mental health is just finding a starting place. And I think a lot of times walking around or having a mini dance party in your room to a playlist is 
sometimes a really good way to start because sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. Well, that all sounds awesome. I know I have to update my own feel good playlist. Um, I have a shout out to my months and mentees because we have a group section feel good playlist so that's another thing you can do with your we, friends we should um, make an honors feel good playlist that people can add to <sighs> okay yeah, if you're listening to this that. be on the lookout it's coming <laughs> oh my goodness yes that's something that we should do i'm writing that down right now yeah see taking care of yourself can be fun you should do things that you enjoy naturally. Um, that being said, though, um, with it being so daunting, we also want to set some boundaries for ourselves while we're taking care of our mental health. And quick plug to our past podcast on deciding what's important. Check that out for some awesome tips to get started with this. But I know for me, it's super easy to overextend myself and overwork myself and get stressed because it might look like I have like five free hours after like class ends and before rehearsal starts. But that doesn't mean that those five hours all need to be filled with meetings. I know, I don't know about you guys, but I have a tendency where if someone asks for my availability, I will give them almost all the times on my Google calendar that don't have something scheduled then, but that's not actually accurate. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm working on. I'll be totally honest with you guys and everyone who's listening that Sometimes you need to recognize that those aren't always free times because you need to make that scheduling time to for your physical and mental well-being. It's just as important because you can't do all those other meetings without having that care for yourself. So that's something that I'm working on is um, actually setting the boundaries where I know that I need to stop working or give amount time for um, self-care or studying um, that I might not naturally uh, give myself that time for um, what are some boundaries that you guys have been trying to set with yourselves I know for me um, just kind of going hand in hand with you have five free hours so don't make five hours worth of meetings kind of thing is don't be afraid to tell someone no like I think that's a big part of all of this and that right now it might seem like being busy is good and that's really what we're looking for especially now that we're in quarantine and sometimes it feels like there's absolutely nothing going on um it's okay to tell people no not for any reason other than the fact that you need that time for you um so i think that's really important yeah and definitely extending off of the no thing like if someone isn't going to respect when you say no, then that might not be someone you want to interact with anyways, because people should respect your boundaries. If you've clearly stated, hey, I can't do this. This time does not work for me. And they're like, well, why not? You're free. You said you were free the other day. Things happen. Schedules change. Schedules shift. And we all need time for ourselves. We all need time to take care of ourselves, to, you know, have that mental break. So just if that happens, just do your best to move beyond it and just really be like, hey, what you said really didn't make me feel super comfortable and I would really appreciate it if you respect my boundaries. Yeah, that is so, so important. I know it can be daunting, but it's not, you're right. It's not just boundary setting with yourself, it's with others too um, and having respect for your own time. And I, um, I mentioned earlier how stuff like, 
TikTok and other social media can be a bit of a time pitfall. And so I know for me, another boundary uh, setting has been using the screen time function on my phone. So I am at least aware of how much time I'm setting. And so some people, I can't admit to being this regimented yet, but you know, some people will set it on their phone where you literally can't use the app after a certain amount of time. Like, so that'd be like 30 minutes, a couple hours, wherever you're at. Um, and similarly, people might set a time where you know that I'm going to stop studying at this point because I need to rest, I need to do other things. Um, and setting boundaries also can help you establish those routines that make mental health and mental health care part of your everyday life. Because that's the other thing. It's not a one-time, like, I'm going to do a face mask. Setting those boundaries and routines for yourself consistently is what will help really in the long run. Yeah, that's definitely something I've personally been working on. Um, just because I know, like, I know myself. Right after class, I go and I babysit. And so that takes up the majority of my afternoon. So a lot of my studying does happen in the evening kind of stuff. So I definitely... Um, would suggest like finding that time that you want to stop working. And even if you haven't finished yet, it's okay to stop working and then find something to do like right before you fall asleep. I know for me, it's like listening to a podcast and as my brain kind of hears like even particular voices in a podcast or a set of songs that can trigger your body to like, okay, it's time for bed and get yourself ready for bed and help you fall asleep faster and things like that. And if you struggle with like self-control when it comes to, you know, putting your phone aside and setting that boundary for yourself, there are apps uh, through the app store that will help you grow little like cute forests or like little houses and if you choose to unlock your phone it'll be like are you sure you want to stop growing this tree or are you sure you want to destroy the house and I know for me even though it's something not physically tangible I'd be like no I don't want to ruin this little house that's growing because I'm <laughs> supposed to be studying what do you mean never mind so definitely look into that if you have trouble with self-control with the boundaries you've set for yourself. And so, you know, as we just talked about setting boundaries for yourself and being respectful of your own boundaries and making sure other people are being respectful of the boundaries you've set for yourself. Uh, and it's also important to be kind to yourself. If you, if you don't necessarily keep to a daily regimen and you miss a day or a couple days, that's okay things happen and life is unpredictable. Life will like to throw curveballs at you. And sometimes things aren't necessarily predictable. So it's, it's definitely important to remi remind yourself that it's okay to get off track and that you do have the capability to get back on track. And nine times out of 10, if a friend said that they were stressed out about something, we would offer encouraging words and offer to help if we can. So why wouldn't we do that for ourselves? Why wouldn't we offer encouraging words to ourselves to build ourselves up? And especially if you're someone who struggles with, well, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to them because I don't want them to think that I don't want to feel like I'm a burden. I don't want them to think that I'm annoying or anything like that. Think, think about if they've come to you for help. Have they ever come to you with a problem they're having, if they're struggling or anything like that? 
you should definitely like, if you say yes to that question, then what's stopping you from reaching out to them? Your friends are your friends and they're going to support you no matter what. Um, so I don't know if you guys have any further thoughts on that or anything like that. And at least for me, um, with being kind to yourself, I mean, it can definitely be daunting at times because like you said, it can be, it, it takes a lot of strength and vulnerability to admit that like you want or need help in a moment. But um, like I said, it is a strength and there's that beauty in being vulnerable and tangentially to being kind to yourself. Um, for me, sometimes it's been as small of a thing as maybe before I didn't like looking in the mirror as much, but I made it a point that now whenever I saw my face, I was going to smile at myself. And then you naturally make those associations and you become more comfortable with doing those things that, um, make you feel uncomfortable. Or when Ashley, you'd spoken about, um, how, why don't we do it to ourselves? Sometimes I like to imagine younger Sammy and the stuff that like I might have felt as a child in elementary school when I was um, especially, you know, emotions are high in, a, in a elementary and middle school. And so if younger Sammy had come to me telling me how she was feeling, like, what would I say to her? How would I treat her? And thinking about that inner child can be really powerful in making sure that you're being kind to yourself. Yeah. And I think another thing as college students we experience is like this is our first time kind of entering the adult world. And so I think a lot of times we internalize a lot of things and are kind of scared to admit that we don't know what to do. And I think there's something really powerful in being able to say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but maybe somebody else can help me figure this out. Yeah, words really, really matter, and they hold a lot of weight. And kind of circling back to what Sammy said about that inner child, if five-year-old you was standing in front of you, would you be like, why are you being so dumb? What are you doing? Would you tell a five-year-old you those? Like, it's just, when you put it like that, when you become an observer of your thoughts and how it would affect others, if you wouldn't say it to someone else, why are you saying it to yourself? Why are you tearing yourself down when you could be forgiving yourself and saying, hey, it's okay to have a bad day. We can move on from this. We can get back on track. Yeah, and kind of piggybacking, kind of the last thing I'll say on this is with the words matter point, sometimes it can be as simple as instead of saying like, I'm sorry for being late, you can say thank you for waiting for me kind of thing and I think that does a, a lot for saying this was out of my control this is not something I did to myself yeah and especially you know in terms of like being kind to yourself um it's also important to physically be kind to yourself uh and namely not only is that physical activity but that's also please go to bed get some sleep <laughs> I know it's hard. It's easy to stay up super late and do homework or scroll on TikTok or anything. So bring in those boundaries to your life. Think about, you know, saying, all right, set a goal. I'm going to go to bed or at least lay in bed at 1030 and then be falling asleep by 1130. So give yourself like an hour to read a book, do something on your phone. I mean, ideally you shouldn't have your phone in bed, but we all know we do. Um, 
So, and not only is just sleeping recharging your batteries, but it helps you to store information in long-term memory. And you'll just feel 10 times better when you wake up, hopefully. Um, And so I know that I always, if I'm struggling with something, I'll read over my notes and I'll be like, all right, bedtime. And then I'll get in bed, I'll wake up, I'll look over the notes again, and suddenly I'm a genius at that topic just because I've taken that break and I've separated myself and all is well in the world. Have you guys had similar experiences? Yeah, I can't say I've ever really been a genius, Ashley. I think you're already there. Um, But you had made a really good point when you mentioned, like, even just resting in bed. I remember there's – so I am a chronically um, bad sleep schedule. It gets really bad, especially over breaks. Um, I know it's the baseline of so much of physical and mental health is having a consistent sleep schedule. So that is another thing, I will be honest, and that I am working on. But – when I have a really long night of work and maybe life happens, sometimes there's a night where you really are just on the grind and maybe that project's due tomorrow, your group members weren't pulling through and it just needs to get done. And so in those moments, um, my stopwatch or, or my timer on my phone is constantly set to 20 minutes because even if I don't fall asleep in those 20 minutes, I will rest and let my body rest for that 20 minutes because just resting and lying down and being in that calm state is much better than not resting or not sleeping at all. And so if an all-nighter is ever looming, I at least schedule in those little moments of respite for myself because I know that all-nighters to be avoided at all costs because they're not good for your physical or mental health. But like I said, life happens, being forgiving of yourself, but also taking care of yourself when those hard moments happen. And, you know, taking those calm moments for yourself, I really like meditation. And personally, I really like the app Headspace. Uh, They do have some, um, not podcasts, but guided meditations for free. Uh, But then they do have other things that are behind a paywall um, that you can unlock if you subscribe. And correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys know, but I believe that there is... um, maybe some sort of discount for students, but don't quote me on that. Definitely look into that before you uh, think about purchasing a subscription plan to Headspace. But I personally love guided meditations because when I first started meditating, I would sit there and I would be like, why am I sitting in silence? What am I supposed to be doing? So really getting into that habit of having someone help guide you through breathing and, you know, reminding you to acknowledge the thoughts as they come and then dismissing them because that's another really common misconception about meditation. Meditation isn't the absence of thoughts. It's the acknowledgement and release of those thoughts without putting any like further weight into them. It's okay that you're thinking, but you just have to acknowledge and let it go. So I, I really recommend headspace or guided meditations on youtube yeah and so i think our last kind of point here is just some random suggestions um i know for me i'm a big as i mentioned before i'm a big podcast fan um and one i have found that kind of talks about this is called inner monkey um and so kind of how sammy said she thought of um talking to her past self um child sammy um this guy 
he tackles mental health issues, um, mainly a lot of anxiety issues. And he characterizes those inner thoughts as a monkey that is living inside you. And how do you please that monkey and take care of that monkey so that it's not controlling your life? How do you make sure that that monkey is fed and all that kind of stuff so that you can not live a quote unquote normal life, but one where you are more mentally healthy. Um, and another app kind of just for me that I've used is called mind doc. And what it does, it sends you an alert on your phone three times a day. And then it just gives you a questionnaire about how you're feeling each day. And I think for me, at least that's really helped, um, just voice things that I've been struggling with or something like that. So I can, even if it's not conscious, I can go, Oh, that's something I was feeling today. Why was that? And I can kind of look to address that. Another added feature is like every two weeks, it'll give you like an average, like, here's how you were feeling here, are the average answers you gave, and it'll give you um, like, uh, not examples, suggestions of what you can do, or maybe even like how you can reach out to a professional to get help with what you're feeling. So I think that's a really great thing too. Again, we just want to remind you guys about the UD Counseling Center. Um, again, we're not professionals. Um, so any tips or tricks that we list here should be, you know, you not, they should not be used in replacement for medical help. Uh, if you find yourself struggling emotionally or need mental health support, you can contact the UD Helpline by dialing 302-831-1001. Or texting UD text to 741741. You're also able to reach the UD Counseling Center for Student Development Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. by calling 302 831 2141. Yeah, and be sure to keep up with your UD Honors College updates and visit the Honors College website to find ways that you can stay engaged um, with the honors community, whether you're at campus or at home. And who knows, maybe we'll also have that feel good playlist out soon. <laughs> so uh, this was How to College. I'm Avery. And I'm Ashley. Bye. Bye. Have a great have week. A great week. <laughs>